Okay, let's begin. Parshas Bamidbar, Tafshin Ayin Dalid. And as we start, a new Sefer, the fourth Sefer in the Torah. And we start off with the Hakdama, just, just get a, a feel, get an introduction to the Sefer through the words of the Ramban. Over the years, we have been Zoha to do a number of uh, introductions of the Ramban on the entire Torah, where he talks about the name of Hashem being spelled down in a, in a mystical way throughout the uh, words of the Torah and Shmos, where he talks about uh, what Shmos is about, the Sefer Hagula. And here, by Midbar, as we will see in source number one, he parallels the Hagdama that he has had and the idea that he has mentioned a number of times already in the Parsha. So we have to read the words of the Ramban. This is his introduction to Sefer Bamidbar. Achar Shabir Torah Karbanos, the Sefer Ashlishi. After we have already learned all about the laws of Karbanos in the third Sefer, which actually we have discussed is not the entire Sefer. Ramban is not totally being fair. It's the first half of the Sefer, which is Torah HaKarbanos, which went into Tumah Vitara and went into uh, other items which we spoke about then. This Sefer is about the Ohel Moed, the Mishkan, as we call it, the Midbar. That is the Sefer. That time period, more than any other Sefer in the Torah, as Rabban will say, besides Bracious, it has the least mitzvos. Bracious, obviously, we only have a few mitzvos because it was before they had mitzvos. But once we started getting mitzvos, once we became a nation, so we started getting a lot of mitzvos. Shmos, Vayikra, Dvarim, or jam-packed. But Midbar has the least out of them, says the Rabban, as we'll see. Vikvar Hizir, before he gets there. Vikvar Hizir, Tumas Mikdash, Vekadash, Vodoros. We have already been warned about going into the Mikdash, being Tameh. As the Ramban has written a number of times already in this commentary on the Torah, one of his light motifs is the Mishkan is a continuation of Harsinai. And the experience of the Mishkan is meant to reenact and relive our Sinai every day, and we can say that for the base of Migdash as well. When we get that base of Migdash, the Hashras Ashkin and the experience that we will have when we have a base of Migdash will be a little bit like Maimon Ar Sinai, or maybe not just a little bit. Says Ramban all the parallels. We have to surround and cordon off the Mishkan as we did to Har Sinai. Vitsiva, Vahazara Karev Yumas, Kashara Marsham, Kisako Yisakel. The czar, anyone who's allowed to be on there, will is chayiv misa, just like anybody who went up on our Sinai. Vitziva v'loyavu liros kaval hazakodesh v'meisu kasher hizer shabbat nyeres l'shem liros. You can't see, we can't look like Nadav and Avihu did. Vitziva u'shmartem is mishveres hazakodesh is mishveres hamizbeach kasher omar sham like the kohanim. There have to be guards. So we have to remember as we start sefer by midbar says the Ramban that the entire the focus of this sefer is the mishkan. Starting with this week's Parsha, when we talk about the marchings around the Mishkan, with the Mishkan in the center, and the Tegolim, the Mishkan is the center of the entire Sefer. And we'll have Tkios, and we'll have traveling, and we'll have complaints regarding the Avodah and the Mishkan. We'll have everything, but it'll be the Mishkan. That is the focus of the Sefer. And again, it is a continuation of our Sinai, the defining moment in our history back in Yisro. So that carries throughout the entire uh, Sefer, Shmos, Vayikra, and now by Midbar. Next column. And what do we have in by Midbar? How you carry and where you march. And how you encamp. What the Kohanim should do when the Mishkan is encamped. What about when they move? Who carries what? Every single is exactly ordered and orderly. This is the covet for the Mishkan, to, for everything to be exactly ordained before it occurs. Like the Chazal say, line 7, You cannot compare a palace of a king which has guards to that which does not have guards. As we have mentioned in the past, there was Shomrim in the base of Mikdash, and the Rambam says they were there day and night. Day and night. Why day and night? Because it wasn't just need a guard so that people don't steal. 
It was there for covet of the building. Lahavda, like Buckingham Palace. The guards don't do anything there except pomp and circumstance. That's what was in the base of English as well. A lot of pomp and circumstance, but it's not just the external pomp and circumstance. It's the internal as well. The Asefer Azeh now says the Rambat. Kulo, b'mitzvah, shosh, and it's tabubam, b'amda b'midbar. Much of the Sefer is not about life today. It's about life then. And what we can learn about it. How much complaining is in this Sefer? How many times do we, do we read b'midbar and we say, how did we do that? Just last Parsha. I mean, Baloscha has a couple. Shlach, Korach. Right? Oh, go through the Parshios. Right? Towards the end. But it got a roofing. This Sefer, as we spoke about in the Haggadah year, Dayenu tries to be a little tikkun of that. Every little detail we go through, thank you, 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 would have been enough. As a tikkun, Rabbi, Rabbi Sachs told us in the, in the Haggadah year. But says the Ramban, this Sefer is focused on that and what we can learn from life's events in that, from that generation. And also the miracles. To tell over the great actions of Hashem that He has done for us and has caused wonders. We started the march into Eretz Yisrael. We started. And commanded how the land should be split up. The eight b'sefer as mitzvos nagos ladaros. There aren't so many mitzvos. Zulas ikzas mitzvos benyanya karbanos. A couple of mitzvos, and we have chala, and we have this uh, later on. Shuvas and maestros. A couple of mitzvos Hashem gives us for various reasons, but there are and the karbanos musafin in pinchas. That's also karbanos. But this is the Ramban. again. The groundwork for the next couple of months of our life. Sefer by midbar. It's mishkan, which is a hemshach of Harsinai, and it's life in the desert. Fitting that we call it Bamidbar. Right? All the Midrashim do not call this Sefer Bamidbar. We know the Midrashim has a different name, a unique name for every Sefer in the Torah. Bereshus is not Bereshus. Bereshus is Sefer Hayashar. Vayikra happens to be the first word of Vayikra, but it's Torah's Kohanim. Bamidbar is Chumashapakudim. It's the countings. Dvarim is Mishnah Torah. The Midrash has a separate name besides for Shmos. For Shmos, there is no separate name. The Nitzib already points out in his Akdama to Shmos, there is no name. This is Sefer Shani. In the words of the Bahag, quoted in the Nitziv, because that's really a continuation of Bracious. But besides for Shmos, all the other names of Svarim have a specific name in the Medrash. But we call it Bamidbar. And says the Ramban, that's an appropriate name. Because it's all about the Midbar and how it can impact in our life. Once we're on the topic of Bamidbar and the name Bamidbar, let's just go to the thought of the Lubavitcher Rebbe in source number two, the uniqueness of Bamidbar. As the Torah tells us in the first pasuk of our parsha, Hashem Moshe b'midbar Sinai Yikra Yikra. We're not going to call b'midbar v'yidaber. It'll be somewhat, uh, even though we call it, why is it called v'yikra? Call it karbanos, but it's called v'yikra. We're all used to it. We would be used to v'yidaber too, but it's called b'midbar. Hashem spoke to Moshe in the midbar b'olamoed on the first day of the second month. Bashana Hashenis l'seisam eretz b'sraim leimar. So again, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, as he always does. Focuses on the word by Midbar, and again it was still Midbar Sinai. Midbar Sinai, Kabbalas HaTorah. Ask the Lubavitch Rebbe the question that Chazal already asked. So why was the Torah given in the Midbar? Why was it? Okay, the Gemara says the Midbar is Hefker, the Midbar is not, it's a symbol of humility, there's nothing there. The Gemara tells us, says the Lubavitch Rebbe, before I give an answer, let's remember that by Midbar is always read before Shavuos. Right before Shavuos, a little bit before Shavuos this week, we have an extra week before Shavuos being a leap year, Shanamu Beres. So what's the connection between by Midbar and Shavuos? Line 10. The answer to this question lies in the fact that we always read by Midbar before Shavuos. Before we experience the giving of the Torah once again, for spiritually, the Torah is given anew every Shavuos. It's necessary to recall that it was given in the desert. Why? Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, two points. Two ideas for us to take with us. Number one, bottom left. A desert is a place of utter desolation where no man can live. Thus the Torah was given there to indicate that should it be embraced without any preconceptions or ulterior motives. When a person lives in a civilized place and he encounters a new idea or suggestion... He will first evaluate it 
to determine whether it's acceptable according to societal norms. What do we all do? We learn a, a mitzvah, we learn a halacha, and we are, we don't even realize it. We are brainwashed. We are influenced by, this, by the world around us, by the legal system of the country in which we live, by the value system of all the people in our community. So when we have a mitzvah, we start thinking, oh, does this fit into my values? Does it not fit into my values? And I have preconceived notions that I am putting onto the Torah. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, that's not what the Torah is about. The Torah is about objective values. And everything has to be shined and modeled. And the precedent and the independent value is the Torah. And everything measures up to that. As we have mentioned many times, the question, one of the questions that we've been at, that we're going to be asked, the Gemara and Shabbos, Kavati Itim Torah. Did you set aside time for Torah? But on a deeper level, what does that mean? Kavata Itim Torah. Did you set the times to the Torah? Or the Torah to the times? Did I take all the times and take whatever from the times from my life? And if it fits into the Torah, I'll accept it and do it. And if not, I will reject it. Or... Did I fit the Torah to my life? And whatever part of the Torah fits into my life, I'll accept. And if not, chas v'shalom, I won't accept it. That's this point. It's given in the desert to symbolize that it has independent values, objective values from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And there is no second guessing and measuring it to anything else. With Torah, however, he continues, this would be a mistake. The correct approach to it is accept Torah, nasev v'nishma. To indicate that one needs to be truly open-minded, not influenced by one's environment to appreciate his values. Right, the saying goes, somebody, sometimes people are so open-minded that their brain falls out. We can't be we so open-minded, we have to be within the world of the Torah. Open-minded to accept everything the Torah tells us and the values that it gives off and model our behavior and everything we do in life after that. The Torah is in the midbar. It's not giving in any country as if to say that the country's values come first. Number one. Number two, the second idea, says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Torah was given in a desert to teach that sharing the Torah, and this is a classic, you obviously knew that he had to say this, sharing the Torah with those who currently find themselves in a spiritual desert is fundamental to Torah Judaism. The idea of Kiruv, the idea of spreading Torah to the deserts, the idea of spreading Torah to those, it could mean, as was the true in his case, sending people out to the spiritual deserts physically, but even in our own neighborhoods, even in ourselves. There are areas of desert where we have to inspire to be makari of ourselves, to be makari of those near us, to bring them closer to Torah. That's what the Torah was given in the desert, and that's what we have to remember as we approach Kabbalah Torah, Chag We have to remember that the Torah's values are independent from any other value in life. And number two, we have to care for and try to influence those who are in a desert, a spiritual desert themselves. Okay, moving right along away from the name of the Parsha, let's get into the beginning of the Parsha. So, we know this is Pekudim, the countings. Moshe Rabbeinu is told, lift up and count the Jews, according to their father's house, 20 years and up, you have a nasi. There's a nasi of every shevet. And here they are. These are the men that are going to be with you. And we continue. We continue with the nasiim. It's fascinating. If we think about it, we don't always catch this unless we focus on it. We have the nasiim and a couple of parshias listed again. The second half of parshas nasa, when the nasiim bring karbanos, on the first, on the first of the uh, days of the Chanukah Mishkan. there we have on the first day is Yehuda Nachshon ben Aminadav. Was he the Nasi here? Yes. Pasuk Zayin Yehuda Nachshon ben Aminadav. There, Biyamasheni Nasi Yisachar Nisano ben Suar. Here, Nisano ben Suar. Right as we continue, all of the Nasiim brought there Reuven Elitzur ben Shadeur. Over here, Ruvain. It's the same Nasiim. We have to just keep that in mind. It's those Nasiim that are listed here were the ones that, that continue. But there is a Medrash I like to focus on. It's a Medrash and it's a Gemara. Slight differences. And that is regarding Shimon. 
L'shimon Shlumiel ben Suri Shaddai. Says the Gemara in Sanhedrin. We think all these Nesim were great Sadiqim. That's what it seems like. Says the Gemara, Shlumiel was different. Amr of Yochanan. Source number three. Chamisha Shemos Yeshlo. There were five names to the character that comes up at the end of Parshas Balak. That becomes famous in Pinchas. Chamisha Shemos Yeshlo. Zimri ben Salu. Vishaul uben Aknanis. Vishlumiel ben Suri Shaddai. The same person. Shlumiel ben Suri Shaddai says the Gemara was Zimri ben Salu. The one who committed the terrible crime at which Pinchas stood up and was Makani as Kinas Hashem. And Shaul ben Akananis, which was the name of one of the people who went down to, to Mitzrayim in the end of Sefer Bracious. The same person? Why was he called all of these names? Zimri continues the Gemara. Al Zimri because he committed terrible, terrible acts. Ben Salu al Shehisli Avonos Shel Mishpachto. He caused sins to his family. Shaul al Shehisol Atzmol Divra He lent himself out for Averis Ben Aknan is Shasamay Saknan Umashemo Shlumiel Ben Suri Shadai Shmo. That was his name. And that's why it says it here. The Medrash, same idea, but instead of saying five, it says six. Six names, because each one, the each half, Zimri, Ben Saul, Salu, Shaul, Ben Akananis, Shlumiel, Ben Suri Shaddai. So it calls it six names. Rav Saratskin, after quoting these sources, bottom right, line 12. Bishlama Zimri, Ben Salu, Kinu Oso B'nei Yisrael, Achareshi Yatzalatar Bisra. I understand. Let's talk about the order for a minute. The Torah calls him Shlumiel Ben Suri Shaddai in Sefer Bamidbar. Later on, in Parshas Balak at the end, the Torah calls him Zimri Ben Salu. So I understand that. His real name was Shlumiel Ben Suri Shaddai. And later on, Kla Yisrael basically gave him that name after what he was doing. Shabachar Sharei Pesha, Shabachar Bo Hashem Lamotcham, Earlier, at this stage, he was still a tzaddik. They were all tzaddikim. But later on, he switched. So later on, Zimri ben Salu came in. Where do you get that name from? That's, that's not in the Torah, in this context. In Bnei Yisrael, Achare Oso Maisa, Lama Lo Eskira Torah Shom, Gamas Akin Yazeh. Why didn't the Torah mention this one later? Again, his real name was Shlumiel. I don't know if it's connected to Shlumiel, the, the, the phrase, but Zimri Ben Salus, that was later. What about Shaul Ben Akhananis? The Ein Lomar, and it's very difficult to suggest, Shazel Oso Shaul Ben Akhananis Ben Shimon. This is the same person that was in the time of the Yarde Mitzrayim, in the time when the Shvatim went down to Egypt, before the 210 years there, Shanimna turning over, Ben Habon Mitzrayim, yeah, old he must have been. And also, midbar. he would have been the age, he would have been in one of the Xeros. So why, asks uh, the Zion Torah of Zaman Saratskin, why does the Torah not, it can't be the same person, why did the Torah mention the name? Ve'im line 8. And he continues, quotes other Mepharshim, Banir Abazeh. What's his pshat? Sheshmo ha'yeshlumiel ben Suri Shaddai. That was his real name as we have said. Ukesho ha'yetzadik nikra b'shem zeh. He was called that. What a beautiful name. Right? Suri Shaddai. My rock is my God. Unbelievable name. Ukesho hizchil asur miderech Hashem. When he started to go off, Lo yashar be'enav shem ha'arisa shalov v'shalaviv. B'nei Yisrael didn't call him this name. It was himself. It was he himself as he started to go. He was not comfortable with his quote-unquote Jewish name. He was not in quote comfortable with how he was identified. She'yesh b'em either name. Both his name had shem Hashem in it. Shlumiel ben Surish Adai. She'yesh b'em sheet of shem Shemayim. And he wasn't acting l'shem shemayim at this point in his life. 
v'amad v'shina eshmo v'shem aviv l'shemo sheish lidrosh ha'asam lahefkeres. He himself started going around with a different name. The Torah didn't have to say it because he, he himself changed it. The Torah wasn't going to give him a stamp of approval and label him like that. That wasn't his name. He took upon upon himself. Shaul, Avera. But Ekananis, he started doing Maisa Kenan. So he started, then he started being identified differently, and then he became Zimri ben Salu. Umikivon Shashina et Shmo nehepach leish acher. Vinitvas le Satan leoschoti umakti as a rabbim. We find in our generation sometimes people who have beautiful names and they start not being identified by those names anymore. But that goes back to, to this case. He went from Shlumiel to on his own Shoal ben Akananis then to Klal Yisrael calling him and the Torah labeling him as Zimri ben Salo. And from this we learn if somebody changes their name, Dafka, there are many very wonderful Jews who do not have a, don't go every day by a, their Hebrew name. He's not talking about that. He's talking about somebody who has a wonderful name and he's known by it and he wants to cover it up. And he wants to change it. And he, it, it would disgust him to hear that name. That's what he's talking about. How are you solo la'atzmo derech la'lechaz barachi agayim? And he says, that's exactly the opposite of what Klai Yisrael did when they, down, when they went down to Mitzrayim. Sheloshinu ha'shemosam. They didn't change their name. Because that was their identifying feature. They were known by their names and they were proud of those names. And especially if it had shem Hashem in it or was the symbol of a name of God, they wore that as a badge of honor. They wore their names. And their father's name. Says the Azayim Torah, now we understand it was a process. The names in the Gemara in the Medrash, Shlumiel ben Suri Shaddai, Shol ben Akananis, and finally, Zimri ben Salu, which led to the Misa that occurred later on. Okay. Third base. After we have the counting, now we get into the flags. The flags and the positions, the exact positions that everybody was in, the east side, who were their neighbors, who were they allowed to to march with, very, very misudar. What's the message for us? As the Ramban said, this is the story of the Midbar, but it's got to have messages for us as well, even if it's not counted as one of the mitzvos. Says Rav Aaron Cutler, Mishnah's Rabbi Aaron, source number six, what is the message for us? One word. Seder. Seder. How much we could accomplish in life if we have seder. If we are misudar. Hine, ad heichon magaz chashivis inyan haseder. Yesh lomot, how much ink was spilled in Perak Bays. May hadamatzinu betorah inyan hadagolim. Shesidra hadtorah bifrotrot. Kol mahalacham, nesiyasam, vachanayasam. The going, the traveling, the camping. The Torah could have just said they marched orderly. But the Torah goes into every detail. Three shvatim on each side. Why was each shavit appropriate for that side? Who was in the middle? Which side did the Levim stay on? Who carried what? So exact. And when they walked, who traveled first, who traveled last? Vehine. And if you think about it, says Ravar and Cutler, it's amazing. Who needs Seder? You know, when we have crazy, busy lives with so, with so many tirdas and so much shopping and this and carpools, uh, so I need some Seder to try, to try to anchor me and ground me. But let's say somebody has no worries. Somebody is just living, all their needs are taken care of. Do they need Seder so badly? Nah, they'll do whatever they want, whatever they want. In the Midbar, they had no worries. In the Midbar, everything was taken care of for them. And they still were commanded to do everything in a Msudar fashion. Vihine, Bidar Hamidbar, Halohayu Atirdos, Muatos Ma'od. What they have to worry about? Okay, they had to worry about Mon the next day. That's true. But 
What else do they have to worry about? Kedachsiv simaschal ovalsa v'lohayu klal tirdus parnasa v'chadome. Their shoes grew with them. Umikom makom hutzrecha hatorah l'sader akol beprotra. The Torah still says every psiu psiya alpi Hashem yachanu alpi Hashem yiso. Every little thing, every little activity, every little job. Right? We know the halacha is the levim was split up. They were mishorarim and mishoarim. They were the singers and they were the gatekeepers. Mishorarim and mishoarim. And if somebody switches jobs, chayiv misa. At least in one direction. Because why? What's what's the big deal? So somebody else will do it. No, there's a concept of seder. Lulami ludoros kikalinyani kedusha va'avoda. Darshim Seder. The most accomplished people that we know are people who live misudar lives. Misudar days, misudar lives. They are the ones that get the most taken care of. Right? As people say, you want to get something done, give it to the busiest person you know. Because the busiest person is the one who has what to say about every hour of their day and every hour of their night and everything is orderly. If we don't have say there, then we're not going to get anything accomplished. And that's what he says. He says, who didn't have say there? There was one at the end of our parsha. That's what we'll talk about later. Quotes in the line 25. When the families of Kahas, as we've discussed in past years, they used to fight about who was going to carry the Aron. I don't want the menorah, I want the Aron. I used to fight over it, and some of them were killed because of it. There's no say there in the world of Kedusha, there's dire consequences. Dire consequences. And as the one who built up the great, the largest yeshiva in America, he could say it came from being Sudan. It came from building, having set. What is it called when we learn Torah? We're having a seder. That's what it's called. Morning seder, afternoon seder. It's called seder. Because it has to be Sudan. Everything, our Torah, our chesed, our... Our meals, everything is misudar. So many ma'amari uh, chazal about being misudar. This was in the midbar, even without any tirdus, kalvachomer, in our lives. When we don't live with the man and the be'er and the an and the akavid, we have to make sure our life is misudar as to the best of our abilities. Whatever is in our control, at least, to be misudar. Okay, moving right along. Tonight we have a number of Thoughts to go through, not so many major, longer themes, but a lot of different messages that we could gain and glean from the different elements of our parsha. Paragimel. Beginning of Paragimel. Fascinating ha'ara that we have here from the Egle Tal. Paragimel. V'yela toldos Aaron Moshe. V'yom diber Hashem as Moshe bar Sinai. These are the families of Moshe and Aaron. Aaron comes first. Aaron Moshe. V'yela shmos b'nei Aaron. This is Aaron's family. Abachar Nadav Vaavihu Elazar Yisamar, the four sons, Elish Mos Bene Aaron, Hakoanim Hamishuchim, Ashermili Adamachain. The following are the names of the Bnei Aaron who were anointed, that their hands were filled to act as Koanim. Vayomazadavihu, they died, Vikulu. Ask the Egle Tal, what is Pasagimel telling me? And why do I need Pasagimel there at all? These are the sons of Aaron. Nadavihu Elazar Yisamar. Skip Pasagimel. Vayamas, not that Aviyu died when they brought in Ash Zara. And Elazar Isamar took over. Period. That's it. That's all we need to know about Aaron's family. We have this extra Pusik stuck in the middle. It's it's what's it telling us? These are the names of Aaron, uh, the, the Bnei Aaron according to him, who were anointed. Okay, they were anointed. Wonderful. We know that they were anointed in other areas of the Torah too. These were the sons of Aaron. These were the sons of Aaron, it says twice. Hakonim Hamashuch. What's the Pusik tell? Says the Egle Tal, source number eight. Biram, line two. Biadua, it is known, Shekahane hadasos shel umos haolam, nechshavim lebruim al enoshiim. The spiritual leaders of other religions are considered gods, perfect, infallibility. Shelaolam enan alulam lavolidetos. It is impossible that they make mistakes. Once somebody reaches a certain position, then there's Das Komrim, as they would call it. It's, it's whatever they say, whatever they say, it's impossible that they would make a mistake. It's impossible because they are now, they have that position, they have that status, and that's who they are. Lefichach, 
Once somebody is promoted to a certain position, they take upon themselves, literally, a different name. I am no longer a man, and I am surely no longer the man I was. I have now been imbued with a different spirit. And that's why in other religions, specifically one other religion, which obviously he's referring to, 150 years ago he's talking, they get a new name, they get a new position, they are now part of God. And infallibility. And they even get a new, it's unbelievable compared to what we were just talking about, they take on a new name. Because a name reflects a change, a different mahus. And that's what they believe. But we don't believe that. Because our greatest leaders were the same from birth. Even Moshe Rabbeinu. And nobody was perfect. It's totally different. Right? We do not believe in rabbinic infallibility. Right? There's no man. There's no man that doesn't sin. Obviously, covered and given the proper uh, respect and to understand the Pasuk and the Chazal and Parsha Shoftim, what that means. We have to understand that. There's nothing magical about them. There's nothing that they get a special godly status. It's only as they keep acting in the godly image. Just like we give cover to a Sefer Torah, even though it's just parchment and ink, because it has Divrei Torah on it, so too we give cover to a Tamar Chacham because he has Divrei Torah in him. If Chas V'Shalom that wouldn't be there, there's nothing magical. Nothing magical. That's what's hinted to in this Pasuk. Hilkach! Acharei Shemanek Farakasav Eshmoseim Shal Aaron. So therefore, after the Pasuk already said, the Bnei Aaron, the Torah repeats it. They're the same Bnei Aaron. Ela Bnei Aaron, Akoanim HaMeshuchim. Even after their Hamshacham, even after they were anointed, Lo Nitnu Lahem Shemos Acherim. They didn't get any new names. They kept their names after their anointing. Right, when the Kohen Gadol becomes the Kohen Gadol, he doesn't change his name. Right, he's the same Kohen Gadol. He's, we discussed even a few a few months ago in terms of you know do you have to even bring a, a different carbon when you go from being the uh, never serving to being the Kohen Gadol? How much is the Kohen Gadol a qualitative jump? But either way, it's the same name, and that's what's the whole pasuk here is extra so that we don't mistake it with other religions. Right, just to add on, the same idea is expressed in the beginning of Sefer Shmos. The greatest leader that we ever had, Moshe Rabbeinu. We don't even know the names of his parents until later in the Torah. The first name, besides Paro, that we have in Sefer Shmos is Moshe. Because the Torah wants to emphasize a Ben Levi, a Bas Levi, human beings. Human beings gave birth, humanly born, to our greatest leader in our history. Right? So too here. They're the same B'nai Aaron HaMashuchim, even after they became the leader. This is, this, is what we, this is what we believe, and this is what is meant to be taught to us through this extra Pasuk. Okay. Continuing in Parakimel here. Next Pasuk. Next Pasuk, the second one that we were just focusing on. This next thought, we're going to have a little in Yana Diyoma, is L'chavid, Rav Shemun Bayochai. We just had like Ba'omer this week. So it's a little... Uh, Along his lines, along his lines, later on in this year we'll have something else in Yonah Dioma for next week's, this um, day that will come up, as we'll see. Elishmo, so again, these are the names of Bnei Aaron. These are the names of Bnei Aaron, and Nadav and Aviyu died, Vachulu and their two brothers were left. Ask the Zohar, shouldn't it be Vayamusu? What do you mean Vayamas? Vayamas Nadav Why is it singular? Should be Vayamusu. 
That would be the simple. We don't catch it. The Zohar's question. Right? Why is it Vayamas and not Vayamusu? Question number one. Question number one. Let's read the words of the Kamotzi Shalal Rav in source number nine, who tells us something that is Alderach HaZohar, again, L'Kavalag Ba'omer from last week. Vayamas. Vayalopazim Madabar Vishnei Anashim Nadavaviyu. Vimkin Alashon Amati Mahi Vayamusu. It should be Vayamusu. So why is it Vayamas? Ask another question. He asks. He says, if we look at a Pusik, we'll ask a couple of questions and then we'll put it all together. If you look, he quotes it. Line 10. The beginning of Parshas Pinchas. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen. And again, Chazal asks, what do we need Aaron there for? Sometimes when it says Elazar HaKohen, it doesn't even say Aaron's name. It just says Elazar. The emphasis of Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron. So Chazal gave one answer. The Zohar is going to give another answer. That's question two. Why is here Vayama singular? Number two, why is Pinchas Dafka connected to his grandfather? Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen. Just say Pinchas ben Elazar HaKohen. We already know. Right? He quotes. Number two, and then finally, we have Line 5. I'm just going out of order to show you the psukim that the Zohar deals with. Line 5. The Elazar ben Aaron lo mi benos putiel lo li'ishav atela lo es Pinchas. Describing the birth of Pinchas, Elazar takes Pinchas. Ele Rashi Avos. These. These are the Rashi Avos. These. We just had Pinchas born. One person. How does the very next Pasuk say Ele? These in the plural. Three questions of the Zohar. Again, number one, why does our Pasuk say Vayamas? Nadavaviyu, singular. Number two, why in the beginning of Pinchas do we have Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen? Pinchas is Dafka linked to his grandfather. Third, this Pasuk, line five, Elazar has Pinchas, Eileh, plural. Eileh, there's only one person born here. So here's the Zohar. Obviously translated into Hebrew. Davar Nifla, back to line three now, let's read straight. Dover Nifla Anumotsim Bizarra Kadush. Parshas Achremos and the Pirish Asula. Nada Vaviu Lomesu Alamisas Gufam. Nada Vanaviu. They died a physical death. Misas Gufam. Avomisas Nafsham Lomesu. Remember, this was not a normal, natural course of events. It's not that just somebody died. This was on the for the Chanukah Samishkan, there was obviously a point to be brought out to Klal Yisrael. Bikrovaya Kadesh. HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed the message brought across. But to say that this was a unique form of death, not a normal form of death, is not so far-fetched. It wasn't just somebody reached an old age, 120, and then they died. No. This was a message. So this was something different, says the Zohar, than normal Misa. It was a Misa Saguf, but not a Misa Sanefesh. Their nefesh didn't die. Where'd their nefesh go then? Usually, a person dies, their goof goes to the ground, their nefesh goes back to the Kisiyah Kavad. But their lives weren't finished yet. Says the Zohar, The next Pasik, It's plural. Why? Pinchas Levado Haya. The Pinchas of Rashi Avos Alavim al Pinchas Levado. So why is Pinchas referred to in the plural and Nadavadavio is referred to in the singular? Allah says the Zohar, Mikan, Lamanu, Shenadavavio, Nizgalgulu, Pinchas. Their Nishamis, we're not getting into general concept, which is a major machlokas we've shown him, of Gilgul Nishamis, that's not for now. Specifically this case. Where Nadavadavio, there was a message to be given to Klal Yisrael, but their job wasn't finished yet. So they were given to Pinchas. Pinchas. And that's why Pinchas is a rabbin. Because it's two neshams. Mamshech HaZohar says the Zohar, that's why Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron are Why is his grandfather mentioned? Because it's not just his grandfather, it's really his father. His, their, whatever you want to call it. Pinchas ben Elazar Akohen. Shakfar Yadan Nushalazar Ubano Shalaran. Why? Bulama Gabi Pinchas Mosavakazumi Yachso Gamachre Sabo. 
Ella, Mikivet Shenadav Aviu Bnei Aaron, his Galgalu Bebinchas, V'lochein L'nachon Mosif HaKasuv Omer Ben Aharon. It links it. And finally, Mosif HaZohar. Why in our Parsha does it use singular Lashen Yachid? Vayomas Nadav Aviu? Weren't they two? Then they became one. So you can use plural for Pinchas, but why Dafka singular here? So one last point. Umosif Azohar, Shurabalazar, Sha'ala Saviv, Vahalonadaviv, Hayushnaim, Valamalonis Gagalubishnea, Nashimala Pinchas Lavado. Why did two Nishamas go to one person? Whatever that term means, but the Nishama, the, the, the Nefesh, that didn't die because most. Everybody dies, but another one of you didn't die in the normal way. So why didn't you get two people? Hey, Shavuot, Rav Shimon by Yochai, the Zohar. We're still in the week. Their neshamas were really connected. Shari lo nasu isha. Remember, they never got married. Umishalom no asu isha, upla gufa. Whoever doesn't get married is only half a, half a neshama. When we get married, we're half a neshama and our spouse is half a neshama and we come back together. Nadav and Aviyah were linked. They acted together. They brought the Eish Zara. And together, whatever that means. Mishum kach nechlu badam echad. That's why Pinchas is referred to in the plural and Nadav and Aviyah is referred to in the singular. As much as we can understand from the Divrei HaZohar, but we were Yotze Yedei the week of Lag Ba'omer, talking about the Torah of Rav Shema Bayachai, which is really the best way to celebrate the day of Lag Ba'omer, the Torah that was revealed that day though it is not such a natural fit to the Rosner Parsha year, but uh, Baruch Hashem, we were Zochet to learn a Zohar this week. Okay, moving right along. Parakimo Pasuk Tezai. Later in the Parsha. Hashem says to Moshe, Pekod es b'nei Levi, levei sabo salamish b'chosam. Count b'nei Levi, family of Levi. Levi is separated, as we know from the rest of Klal Yisrael. They're counted separately. They have different ages from when they're counted from. Klal Yisrael earlier from 20. What does it say here? Pekod espenei Levi, Count them from one month old. One month, they're a month old. Boom, they go on the census. And Moshe did it. Kasher as he was commanded. Good, we spoke a couple of years ago, the Chiddush of Moshe Feinstein. Why Dafko, why Levi was from one month, while other Shvatim were from older. They had a chazaka of being Sadiqa from a younger age. But this year we're going to focus on the Rashi. So Moshe, the Pasuk says, counted, Al Pi Hashem, Kasher, Siva, Tsuva, asks Chazal in Rashi. Of course he counted Al Pi Hashem. It says Kasher, Tsuva, or just say Al Pi Hashem. Apiyashem must be telling us something. Amar Moshe l'fnei Hakadosh Baruch says Rashi. Moshe tells Hashem, "Heich ani nichnas letoch ahalayim ladas minkat minyan yonkeim." How do I have any idea? Six hundred thousand men, two million people. How many Levim were there? And it says how many twenty-two thousand. How do I know how old the babies are? How do I know who has babies? You know, you walk through the tents, you hear crying. You just hear crying like a bungalow colony. Right, you just hear crying from all over. You just say, "Oh, is that my child?" Right? You have to, how is Moshe Rabbeinu supposed to know? Moshe's like, "I have no idea." You know, twenty-year-olds I can count. I can tell them to line up, and I can count them. Thirty-day-old babies? How do I count them? I have no idea. Amar Lakadish Baruch Moshe Hashem says to Moshe, "You do your part, and I'll do my part. You just do what you can do." Halach Moshe va'amad al Pesach Ha'Oel. Moshe says, "Okay." He goes to the first. Levi tent. And the Shechina goes with him. Four. Three. The number came screaming out. The Baskol. Moshe counted. That's the Rashi. What's the message for us? Or in the words of Rav Chaim Shvulevitz, is that really Moshe counting? Moshe did basic addition. He didn't count. Hashem counted. Why does he get the credit? It should be Vayifkod Hashem. Right? With a little help of Moshe. No, the Torah says Vayifkod and he, Moshe. Moshe counted. 
says of Chaim Shmulevitz, he has a whole sicha about this in the main text of the Sichos Musr, but also in the back of the Sichos Musr. He has Ma'amarim, about 10, 12 pages of Ma'amarim, that most of them were actually from Yemeha Mochama, from the Six-Day War, from the Yom Kippur War, and he writes about it there. So this one happens to be from the Yom Kippur War. Source number 10, he relates our Rashi to the time period that they were involved in at the time. Says the Sichos Musr in the back, source number 10 on the bottom. Yalkut Shmuel. The Yalkut and Shmuel says, Dalid Malachim, Masha Tavazeh Lo Tavazeh. Four kings all asked for something from God, from Hashem, and none of them asked for the same thing. The Elohim, David, Asa, Yehoshaphat, the Chizkio. Four kings, four Malchais, four Malchai Yehuda. David Amar, Erdof, Oivai, Vaasigem. David says, I'm going to run after my enemies. I'm going to catch them. And I'm not going to come back until I'm finished fighting the war. Says David in Tehillim. Okay, I'll help you out. I'll help you. What do you see from that Pasuk? From the Medrash? It's really Hashem. But David is giving the credit. David says it even though Hashem is behind the scenes. And I've said elsewhere, this refers to the other Sicha, to call Maisa Adam, al Zehu, everything that we accomplish and do in life, we have to realize, we are just a front. We are a front for the talents that are God-given to us. Sha'Allah, obviously we get credit, because we have to use those talents. But Sha'Allah, Muta Lazos HaMaisa, we do the act, but the results that are achieved, that's beyond us. Like Hashem told Moshe. Turning the page. Moshe says, what am I supposed to do? Hashem says, just go walk outside the tents and I'll do the rest. And what happens, he goes, and the Vasco goes out, and he hears it. What happens? He gets the credit. Vayifkod osam, Moshe, al Hashem. And then he continues explaining that Medrash in Shmuel, line 6. Asa amar, ani Hashem, I'll run. I'll run, but actual fighting is beyond me. Okay. He had to do something. He had to run. That was Asa. A bigger Chiddush. Yehoshaphat v'amar. Ani ain b'koach lo laharog v'lo lirdof. I don't have enough strength to do anything. El hareni omer shira v'yataoseh. I'm going to sing your praises, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please act on my behalf. I'm going to sing your praises, to do something. And finally, the last of the four kings, Chizkiyahu. We all know the story of Chizkiyahu, surrounded by Sancherev and the masses of armies of Ashur. I'm going to sleep, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Please help me out. Says, we in that circumstance, says Chizkiyo. So we have to, he writes this elsewhere also. I didn't give you both. He says, that's what we have to feel. Obviously, we have to have our Ishtablus. But he says, What can we do? We have to try our best. But we have to rely on a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And as we know, Rahman al Islam in that time, there were tragic results. But we have to realize throughout our lives, we are a front. But Hashem gives us the credit as long as we do whatever we could do. If we use those talents, if we walk to the outside of the tent, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will say, give us a basko. But we got to walk to the outside of the tent. We have to at least acknowledge. Chizkiyo, at least acknowledged. Says of Chayin Shmulevitz, we have to realize HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always acting and we have to ignite and let him act through our actions. Okay. One more thought related to the Parsha, and then we'll end with one other Dvar Torah. Another Rashi. Perak Dalid now. Moving towards the last Perak in the Parsha. 
Third Dalit, Pasik Yud Gimel. Pasik Yud Gimel. We have Perak Dalit, now we have gotten to the carryings of the Mishkan. Right? All the sons of Aaron. Gershon, so has Rosh B'nei Kahas, not the sons of Aaron, the sons of Levi. Um, Gershon, Kahas, and Merari, they were all uh, assigned to different to different jobs to carry different areas and parts of the of the Mishkan. And they had to put a cover on it so nobody would look at it as they carried. But fascinating Chazal that we don't always focus on. Vidishnu Asamizbeach, the Buzzak tells us the Buzzak Yudgimel, clean out the Mizbeach, get rid of old ashes, Ufarsu Allah Begat Argaman, and spread an Argaman cloth over the Mizbeach. Over the Mizbeach. One minute. Don't we know in Pirkeavos and elsewhere there was always a fire on the Mizbeach? It's not like they got, came to a new spot in the Mishkan and they took the cover off and they needed a match. It didn't happen. So what happened to the fire? What happened to the fire? It says they, you would, we would have thought that they didn't cover that part of it. They carried the Mizbeach with the raw, with the poles, with the badim, and the fire went up. But the Pasuk doesn't say that. It's a Mefurish Pasuk in Chumash. If we ask an average person on the street, oh, how was the Mishkan covered? The Mizbeach covered? No, they just carried it. Ufarsu alav beget argaman. They covered it. They covered it. Alav. Sometimes Allah means next to. Chazal didn't understand it that way. Rashi. Ufarsu Allah beget argaman. That's obviously what's bothering Rashi. So Rashi quotes Chazal that it was a miracle. V'eish sheyarda min hashamayim. The fire that went down from heaven. Revutza tachas habeged. It was crouching under the beged. Ka'ari, ka'ari like a lion. Like a lion crouching ready to pounce. Bishas Hamasaos. Throughout the travelings, the fire was was covered. You put the bag on our garment, it didn't burn through. That's it. The inasorafto and it didn't burn it. They put some metal, they put cloth, but also the oxygen wasn't that it wasn't covered totally. But it was a nice. The fire didn't go out. The fire kept going, but it was revutsa. It was it was crouching. Says the Gur Aryeh, the Maharao. On this Rashi, source number twelve, Pirush. Let me explain. Af bishas hamasos lo zaza haish mimkoma al yedei hamasa. The fire didn't move. Right, many can appreciate this. You ever try to walk with a fire? You ever have to like let's think about the first night of Yantif when you have to like take a take a light from an oven and walk across. How many times it happens that it goes out? Right? Second night of Yantav. Second night of Yantav. Not the first night of Yantav. Right? The olden days. Right? Second night of Yantav. You get to carry and get across. You have a try. Or, Baruch Hashem, this chus that we have to light the menorah out, Chanukiah outside. You light the shamish and it goes out. I mean, you think about it. When you move, fires, fires go out. Says the Gerarye. That was the nace. The fire didn't move. Didn't move. Sometimes when you put something on top of a fire, the fire spreads. Lengthwise. Widthwise. It didn't move. It wouldn't have helped. So we have to realize that. But then the Gerarye says, wait a minute, there's another Chazal. The Gerashi here says, that the fire was rovates ka'ari, like a lion ready to pounce. But there's another chazal that says it was rovates kakelev, like a dog. A dog, a lion, says the Gerarye one word. Mikdash Rishon, Mikdash Eni. Mishkan is compared to Mikdash Rishon. As it says at the end of Yuma, let me explain. What's the difference between a lion that is crouching and a dog that is crouching? A lion, obviously, is much stronger, much more intense. You can't move it. The fire that came down from heaven in the times of the Mishkan and Mikdash Rishon, 
That was a serious fire. That was a fire that was connecting in a deep, intense way to this world. The Hashras Hashchina in its pure, pristine state, there was an Aaron, there were the Kruvim, it came down. And when it had a crouch, it had to tightly hold itself down. The fire symbolizing the Hashras Hashchina. Mikdasheni, it wasn't so strong because the whole Mikdashani was diluted. We were mit, there was a, the Kodesh Kadashim was empty. The 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 based on a pasuk, the end of Yuma, Chafalith. But there were five major elements that were missing during Mikdashani. So that's why the mushal is given like a cow, like a dog, not so not so tightly down, not so strong. The shchita wasn't so far down, and therefore the mushal given isn't as isn't as illustrative as it isn't as graphic. A dog and not a lion. Mikdash rishon and mikdasheni, and this is even the maharal shitaso. An amazing Maharal in Pirkei Avos. This is not based on any earlier sources. The Maharal writes in Pirkei Avos, in the Derachayim, his commentary, on the fifth parak there, that all those Nisan that took place in the Beis HaMikdash, all the Nisan, the smoke going straight up and the fire never going out, and there was never a psul, and there was never, the meat didn't smell, that was all Mikdash Risha. All of those Nisan, says the Maharal, based on his own Svara, he thinks were Mikdash Risha because that's when the Shekhinah was there. And that's when the Nisim took place. But Mikdashani is totally different. As we know, the Gemara tells us that the people alive in Mikdashani that looked back, looked at, looked at, were alive in Mikdash Rishon and saw Mikdashani, they were crying. They said, You call this a base on Mikdash, but we needed it. We needed it to get us through the long gullahs that was going to follow. But that's the Gerarye. Appreciate what it says in the Rashi, he tells us. Revutza Ka'ari. Because there's another type of Revutza that we have to know about. Okay. One final thought for the evening. L'Kavad Yom Yerushalayim that's coming up, Bez Hashem, uh, next week. Again, the recognition that Kaddish Baruch Hu allows us to walk the streets of Yerushalayim, to go to the Mekomas HaKadoshim in Yerushalayim, the Hakaras HaTov that every Jew has to feel um, every day, but especially at this time of year when we celebrate HaKadosh Baruch Hu helping us, helping us get it back. I might have mentioned this in the context of other shiurim, but worthy of mentioning it again. again. Rav Salvechik notes, source 14, quoted in Rav Shafter's Bikve Yatzon, Rav Salvechik notes that the phrase Lifne Hashem is used in the Torah in three different ways. To mean three different things. Lifne Hashem is used to, says, let's read it in the words of Rav Shafter quoting Rav Salvechik, line 5. There are three translations, three connotations of Lifnei Hashem. Sometimes Lifnei Hashem refers to the entire city. As it says, All the items that could be eaten in the city, Lifnei Hashem, Maeser Sheni, Kashem Kalim. Ulif Amim sometimes Koya Harabayas. It was referring to Harabayas. As the Pazik says, in Tehillim, Hashem. And where do we blow Chatzotzros? On Harabayas. And then we have maybe the most common usage of Lifne Hashem, the beginning of Ayikra, the Azara. Right? You have to Shech, Lifne Hashem, the north side of the Azara. Vishakan has been a Hashem. How could it be the same phrase? Why does the Torah do that? Use the same phrase in front of Hashem for the Azara, for Harabayas, for all of the city of Yerushalayim. This explains our salvation because the Kedusha of Yerushalayim should be looked at as an expansion of the Kedusha's Mikdash. And just like the Beis HaMikdash is the spiritual center and the spiritual heart of Am Yisrael in, ex- in an expanded way, the Yerushalayim is like one big Beis HaMikdash. And the walls of Yerushalayim is one big spiritual center. And we can never forget and lose that feeling of Yerushalayim being so to make sure we have on the spiritual glasses. And even those of us who have the schus of being in Yerushalayim so often, we can never forget. Lifne Hashem. 
That's what it's called. Ramosha Feinstein writes in Parshas Vaschanon, just to be in Yerushalayim, separate from any mitzvah. I understand the concept of, of, of Eretz Yisrael versus other lands in terms of more mitzvos, but Yerushalayim versus the rest of, of Eretz Yisrael, says Rav Moshe, there's a higher level Kedusha there. Line 9. Upashut. Shagama mitzvah hi bishvozela durba makama kedusha. Av shalo yizdamein lo lekayim shah mitzvah sfuyas baaretz. Gamish mitzvah biyushalayim. Yosem mi bishar eretz Yisrael. We have to realize Yerushalayim is our spiritual heart, our spiritual center. We daven for it three times a day in benching. It's all over. It's all over our emptilos, our emuna. We just have to dig deep at this time when we know something happens. Akash Baruch started a process, started a process, giving us back Yerushalayim. But we don't. We want to make sure he knows that we're not satisfied. We're not satisfied. We want more. We need more. We don't only want the lifnei Hashem of Yerushalayim. We want the lifnei Hashem of Harabais. And we want the lifnei Hashem of the Azara, of the Kohanim doing the Avoda with all of Pal Yisrael in the Beis HaMikdash.